Thank you so much for joining us for the One Voice podcast. Don't forget to subscribe. You can even write a review if there's something that hits your heart. And feel free to share the One Voice podcast with others so we can all be on this healing journey together. Hey, Sarah, it's Nicole and Mary. Hi, Nicole and Mary. Hi. Hey. We are thrilled to have you representing our favorite anti-sexual violence organization, RAIN, which stands for Rape, Abuse, Incest National Network. You know, I've been speaking for 15 years now, sharing my story at universities and conferences across the country. And I mean, from day one, RAIN has always been my number one reference when it comes to just knowing how to support survivors, finding statistics, just any sort of information that's out there. I feel like RAIN has always been my top hit as far as just knowing where to go to get the real answers that I need to give to survivors. And it was such an honor for Mary and I just, um, was it two weeks ago, I think? We were uh, speaking at a college near Washington, D.C., and we were able to swing through and visit RAIN headquarters, and it was such an honor to finally be there. We got to see the actual room where the National Sexual Assault Hotline was located, and um, Sarah McGovern, who's the press secretary of RAIN, was our host, and it's just such an honor to have you on our podcast today, Sarah. Thank you for joining us. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Could you maybe just introduce yourself a little bit of your background and, you know, why you care about this topic and what your what your role is at Rain? Sure. I'm the press secretary at Rain. I came to Rain from a couple other nonprofits um and a couple years on Capitol Hill, which is where I got introduced to the issue of sexual violence and learned just how pervasive it it is in America, um, and what really brought me to Rain. Um, so my responsibility is to work with members of the press and survivors and different partner organizations to get Rain's message out to the public and educate the public about sexual violence and the realities of sexual violence and um, answer any questions that press and reporters have. And my favorite part, getting to work with awesome survivors like Nicole and Mary who are helping other survivors with their stories. That's amazing. Um, and I wondered if you could share a little bit about just the hotline. I think that's one of the most important pieces of RAIN. I know in a lot of our emails back and forth with the survivors, those who don't have a counselor and a lot of them are reaching out to us for the very first time, sharing their stories even for the very first time. And as much as I treasure that, I know that a lot of times it doesn't end there. And so oftentimes we're sharing, you know, the hotline, which can be a phone call or it can be online, like instant messaging as a means of resourcing survivors and helping them connect with someone else. Um, could you share a little bit with our listeners about what that looks like? Because I think many people who actually listen to our podcast have never had anyone else to talk to about their story. And they're still just kind of wrestling with their healing journey and just getting some pieces you know, of encouragement along the way. But the hotline could be a great place for them to find hope as well. Absolutely. Um, so the National Sexual Assault Hotline is an actual phone line that's available 24-7. Um, it's confidential and anonymous. And it's also we've moved into an online space as well. 
So for people who aren't comfortable being on the phone or don't want to talk or are better online, uh, there's also a chat room. And both services are accessible in English and in Spanish. And the hotline isn't just for people who have recently been assaulted or are recently dealing with the effects of sexual violence. It's for anyone who's experienced this anytime in their lives, Mm -hmm. whether you've talked about it a lot or never told anyone. Um, We encourage anyone who just feels like they need a place to go to talk about what's happened to them and get someone to listen who can offer resources, um, connect you with local service providers to call the hotline we work closely with more than a thousand local sexual assault service providers wow. to wow. offer support services where they are. Um, so people can connect with someone locally. They can talk to someone on the hotline here. Um, it's really the crown jewel of what we do here at Ray. Yeah, I would definitely say so. And, you know, Mary and I got to actually see the room where the hotline workers are at. And honestly, I really love that the environment, you know, it was dimly lit. It was comfortable. You know, I feel like there was like pillows all around. Like it was very just a safe environment. So you're calling into, you know, a hotline hoping to find someone that's safe. And I can tell anyone that's listening that it is a safe environment. It's confidential. And these people really care about your stories. Now, coming up is April, Sexual Assault Awareness Month, and I think it's a great time for us to really highlight, obviously, the hotline, but also just awareness and prevention and just where our our country is right now. I think we're at a major crossroads of survivors feeling like for the first time they can really find their voice and that they're going to be heard. And I just wonder just your take on what Sexual Assault Awareness Month looks like. What does RAIN focus on? Are you focusing on colleges and universities? Are you focusing on, you know, Hollywood and mainstream? Are you focusing on politics? Like, what is your main focus for Sexual Assault Awareness Month this year? We have some multifaceted stuff going on. Obviously, we want um, to really bring awareness to this issue this year in particular. Uh, Like you mentioned, there is a huge national conversation going on, and it's been super great to see survivors feeling empowered and feeling like they're going to be believed and respected. That's amazing, and that's one of the best things that's come out of this conversation that we've been having as a country. So we really want to take that and make a focus of Sexual Assault Awareness Month that we're here for survivors. We believe survivors. We support survivors. Awesome. We also do like to break it down and we do focus a lot on college level Mm -hmm. for um, SAPM and we have a special day for day of action to raise awareness and educate students about sexual violence on college campuses called Mm -hmm. rain day. Mm -hmm. Um, This year it's going to be Thursday, April 5th. So right at the beginning of the month and we help colleges host events for rain day, um, whatever best fits the needs of their campus. There's not really a one size fits all event Mm -hmm. or activity, but some will do social media awareness campaigns or an information table or hosting a fundraiser or a film screening. Okay. So that's a super great day to raise awareness on campuses and get the information about rain and the hotline out to college students. Because as we know, unfortunately, um, that's college is a place where 
sexual violence is a huge problem. Definitely. And I wonder sort of your take on that as well. I think it's a a tough topic on a lot of college campuses as far as um, prosecution and, you know, separating victims from the abusers and things like that. Does Rain get involved in any of that in any way? I just I've seen that as a problem on so many college campuses, not knowing how to deal with a campus rape when both of the students attend the same university. Sure. Yeah, that's it's super hard. And we don't really get involved in the processes because they vary so much from campus to campus. Um, What we want to make sure that college students have is the best possible prevention programs that they can. Um, We Mm. launched recently launched a program called the Prevention Navigator Mm. that allows students and administrators to rate um, different sexual violence prevention programs. Um, And we also just really try and get the hotline information out on college campuses so that when sexual assaults do happen, survivors have somewhere to turn, somewhere to go, somewhere they know that uh, if they need to talk to someone in the middle of the night, they can call. And so that's our priority on campus. Yeah, definitely. And I'm so glad that we have something like that here in America. You know, it's such a huge need with the number of survivors that are out there, many of them still silent or feeling ashamed of what happened to them. And I feel like all of our voices combining together is changing the culture when it comes to the silence and the shame, you know, victims are becoming survivors because they're realizing that it wasn't their fault and that they have a place to turn and that they're not alone. And so I'm just so grateful for, for everything that you all are doing there in DC. Um, Could you talk a little bit too about um, how you're getting involved as far as like, you know, lobbying and just in politics as far as changing some things and and, um, with the bills that are coming up? So we have a great public policy team here at Rain, and they are they work with Congress on both sides of the aisle. This issue is is important to everyone. And we recently have had some really great success. Um, there was a bill protecting student or protecting athletes and student athletes and young athletes. Mm-hmm. Um, it came out of the Larry Nasser case from US, USA Gymnastics. Yeah. And um, it requires sporting organizations to create and implement safety policies to make sure that that kind of stuff doesn't isn't allowed to happen again and um there was a huge bipartisan effort to pass that bill and it was signed into law by the president and it was super exciting um but they our policy team works not only with the federal government but also with state governments and at local levels um our main priorities are um funding for support services to ensure that survivors can get the assistance that they deserve okay we are part of the um, an initiative that addresses the rape kit backlog. We do a lot of work on that. Um, very recently, our vice president of public policy testified before the House Judiciary Committee about the importance of the Survivor's Bill of Rights. Um, she testified alongside Evan Rachel Wood, who gave an amazing, That's really right. powerful testimony about yeah. her story. So we're really lucky to be able to um, to have that sort of policy arm and work with lawmakers at all levels to try and affect legal change. Well, I think it's really 
powerful and empowering for survivors to get involved in all of these amazing things that Rain is doing. Is there a place for that? Even, you know, for those who are listening to our podcast on the regular, like where they're like, we love what we're hearing. You know, we're survivors. We want to do more with our story. A lot of people will say, you know, Nicole, how do I do what you do? And I just say, get involved where you're at, you know, get involved in your local rape crisis center, volunteer at your hotline, um, be a voice in your community, prevention, host an event, bring me out for a, as a speaker, you know, all of these kinds of things. Um, call your lawmakers. But how could they get involved with RAIN specifically? I know years and years and years ago, I applied to be part of the Speakers Bureau for RAIN. And uh, I think a lot of people find that exciting to be a part of, of what you're doing. Um, are there ways that, that, you know, our people could kind of link up with you in an easy way? Absolutely. The Speakers Bureau is a great way. That's our group of survivors that work with us to tell their stories in their communities and through the media. And that's sort of our go-to when we're looking to have someone uh, speak to lawmakers or help us testify at a hearing or push a bill. Mm -hmm. So that's definitely an option. And anyone who wants to get involved or has questions is welcome to reach out um, to me directly. My emails on the website and um, just anyone who is looking for for ways to get involved. Yeah, that'd be great. We love working with survivors. And that's my favorite part of my job. Oh, that's Mm -hmm. awesome. Well, I could definitely tell that. I mean, when we reached out to you about coming to visit, you were so welcoming and just open armed and warm to us. And um, that meant a lot to me just as a survivor. And I know for Mary, too, just to feel very, you know, welcomed in that environment. And I could tell your heart was so for survivors and um, it was very validating. But just, yeah, I just really enjoyed that about you, Sarah. So thank you for that. Oh, thank you. That's so good to hear. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I think, too, you know, just as survivors, a lot of times we don't really know what we can do as far as making a difference. And I think rain has made it really accessible uh, for people to feel like they can get involved in the smallest way wherever they're at. I know you even have for the hotline, people can sign up to learn how to be a hotline worker even remotely. Is that right? That is right. I completely forgot to mention that. We have a huge volunteer network. Um, We've got volunteers who work the hotline and the online hotline. We have volunteers who work with our victim services team and other pursuits. Um, There's definitely a whole lot of room for other volunteering. I know not everyone is ready to share their story with the their communities or with the media. So we have a bunch of stuff that people could could do to volunteer, including the hotline. And anyone who wants to get involved, I definitely encourage them to reach out. Awesome. Well, and I wonder too, just kind of going in a different direction, you know, the way that Hollywood has been speaking up about their stories has been in one way triggering for survivors, but in so much of a bigger way, it's just, you know, made such change. For us as survivors to feel validated, to feel like we're not alone and to feel like uh, we're finally being heard. And so just this Me Too movement, I think it's been really encouraging. What is your take on that? And I guess I'm wondering, what are you hearing from survivors uh, when it comes to sort of this this change in culture? 
Well, we know that this constant talk of sexual assault and harassment in the news can be difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've seen a big uptick in traffic on the hotline at the end of last year okay. when the Weinstein and the Me Too news yeah. came out. And we definitely encourage people who are having a hard time with that to reach out to the hotline if, if they feel like they need to talk to someone because yeah. we know that that can be really challenging. Mm-hmm. But I think overall, it's just it's been such a shift in the right direction to to see people feeling empowered to come out with their stories, to see the way that the public and communities are responding to them. And um, we're seeing sort of the norm be to believe and support survivors, which unfortunately not that long ago was not the case. Definitely. Um, yeah, so it's been it's, a huge, I, it's, huge swing. I mean, I've been sharing for 15 years, and I would say that just in the last year, I've seen a change there. I mean, it's been something I've dreamed of for so long. And honestly, you know, I would share my story, and I'd walk off stage, and you know, people would come up to me and just squeeze my hand and just look me in the eye and say, "Me too," and they'd walk away. So it's been the Me Too movement has been happening for so long because I think. You know, that's where people's healing starts is just to be be able to identify themselves as a survivor. And um, but now, you know, back then it was like, I'm going to say me, too. And I'm running away. I'm going back to my dorm. You know, I don't want to talk about it. But now I feel like with all of these stories in the media, it's allowing people to say a little bit more and to be a little bit more public about it. I mean, people posting their status on Facebook or social media or whatever about that they're a survivor. That's huge. It's so crazy how much it's changed. And that is huge. And I like, I love hearing that the reception towards, towards your stories and your talks have changed. Like that's amazing. Yeah. Um, and I think that's, it's so key that we're having this moment right now mm-hmm. because making this crime, something that people can talk about and discuss comfortably and really putting it in a part of, our national dialogue and mm-hmm. what we're comfortable talking about mm-hmm. is the only way that we're going to prevent it. If we never talk about it, how are we supposed to prevent and prosecute it? Exactly. Mm-hmm. The more we sweep these issues under the rug, it's it's not keeping anyone safe. It's not stopping it. <laughs> it's going to just keep continuing. So we might as well talk about it. That's so true, Sarah. And, you know, just yesterday I was speaking at a university in Idaho and after my speech, I heard people who were not survivors talking about how, you know, yeah, we've heard this in the media, we've read it, you know, online, different things is happening all over, but we never really thought it was happening here until, you know, today. And kind of like seeing a survivor in real life share their story, someone who could be, could have been one of their friends. I think it puts it in perspective where years ago, they would say, oh, wow, like that was a sad story. I'm glad she's doing better and move on. But now it was a shift of what I'm hearing these these non-survivors saying, you know, what can we do? Um, you know, I'm realizing that there's probably a lot of people on my campus who've gone through what she's talking about now. Like they're actually grasping it as far as like, how can I be a part of the answer? How can I be a solution to this problem rather than looking at it like, there's a problem and that's really sad, you know? So I think that's yeah. been a real shift this year too, since the Me Too movement has started is like allies are, are coming forth and surfacing and um, people are of all backgrounds are wanting to be a part of the answer. Um, but I think it started with believing survivors 
just like you said, that's the new shift now is survivors are being believed, they're being heard. And when you believe and you hear someone's story, you now have to do something about it, you know, mm-hmm. because it's it's accessible to you. It's relatable. And um, I think that the Me Too movement has done that for so many people. And I think, Nicole, that's why what you do with sharing your story is so important and so valuable because we can sit and give people all the statistics that we want. But until you put a human face on this issue and realize that this could be your friend or your sister or your your cousin, anyone, you know, it it doesn't it's so much more real when you think about it that way. Mm -hmm. And when you think about like this has probably happened to people that I know and I need to be solution. I wanted to ask, Sarah, obviously you guys are doing so, so much good work. And I just know for Nicole and I, it can be um, obviously incredibly heartbreaking and overwhelming as you're hearing so many people's stories. How in the world do you guys continue doing what you're doing when there's so much, um, obviously a lot of freedom that's coming with people sharing their stories, but obviously a lot of sadness and heartache too with the, the heavy topic that we're dealing with? It's really important, especially for our hotline staff to do their, well, everyone here, but particularly the hotline staff to make sure that they're doing their own self-care and taking care of themselves as well. Just like we encourage um, survivors and and their friends and family to practice self-care, we need to do that as well. But I think for everyone at Rain, we're all like, we're all really dedicated and um, just really inspired by all of the people that we work with and the survivors that we see. And that is so motivating to all of us to see people just who are so strong and courageous and want to use their stories to help other people. I mean, that's enough right there to keep you going. Yeah. And what is it that keeps you just so passionate? And, you know, what are your dreams for the future as far as like your role at Rain or even just being a part of ending sexual violence? Like what's your biggest passion in, in this job? Um, for me personally, my biggest passion is definitely working with survivors like you guys and all of the great survivors that I get to work with in our speakers bureau and just seeing the compassion and the strength that you have is incredible and so motivating to me. And, you know, in a larger sense, I think the biggest and best thing we can do is to not let this moment die. Mm -hmm. We need to keep this conversation going. We need to keep this issue at the front and center of people's attention and really just keep this momentum going and make sure that it's easier to talk about. It's, it's not swept under the rug and that we're continuing to focus on this and, and coming up with ways to prevent it. It's not enough just to talk about it. You're definitely right there. I think every time some new thing comes up in the news in the last just couple of months, I'm like, Oh no, like this is going to overcome like what we're doing and it's going to stop the movement and the momentum. But it, it really hasn't. I feel like, you know, some new crazy story comes up, but we still have this underlying Me Too movement that continues to go, that survivors' voices are growing and there's just more and more courage. And so, yeah, I totally agree with you. And that's my heart too, is just to see 
it not stop. I mean, now that we're here, we can't go backwards. Exactly. Well, Sarah, this has been really fun just to spend some more time with you. Your heart is huge. And (laughs) we're just really grateful for all that you're doing for your voice on this topic. And um, we just look forward to more opportunities to work with Rain. Um, Could you give everyone just all the information as far as the hotline goes? Sure, absolutely. So our website is rain.org and the hotline information is right at the top or if the live chat, there's a button there if you want to click. The hotline number is 1-800-656-HOPE or 1-800-656-4673. And if you put online.rain.org into your browser, it'll take you right to our online hotline. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Sarah. We just adore you and your friendship and um, look forward to more opportunities to partnering with you. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. This was great. And I can't wait to keep working together. Next month is Sexual Assault Awareness Month. And one great way to spread awareness in your circle and community is to invite friends to subscribe to the One Voice podcast or share our Facebook page. And of course, you're always invited to write a review to help others find the encouragement we continue to share. Find out more at IamOneVoice.org.